0: Hello, you are listening to the Revenue Growth Architects podcast presented by CS2. I'm your host, Xander Braffel, and joining me today to wrap up our series on implementing a new marketing automation platform is Ghani Rodriguez and Brian Morris. Hey guys, thanks so much for joining. Hey, thanks for having us. Of course, of course, Ghani. Anything good happening in your neck of the woods? You know, the sun, it's not shining, but it is warm. So at least there's that. (laughs) Excellent. I worked this morning outside and I actually got some goosebumps. It was a little bit chilly up here in Minnesota. So I'll take it. This is like my perfect weather. How about you, Brian? Anything new?
1: Yeah, same with me. I worked outside for a few minutes this morning and it it was beautiful. And I'm like, actually, I had to throw a hoodie on. I was like, oh, this is, I'm kind of, I like this weather. I don't mind. (laughs) (laughs) Still, middle of August. I think we're going to get some heat, Whoa.
0: some heat waves still coming. But you know, I'll enjoy it while I can, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, awesome. Today we are talking about an exciting uh, way to wrap up any implementation, um, and that is essentially preparing for your deployment, doing the deployment, and post deployment. Um, we think about this in four different pillars. Those pillars are testing, enablement, launch and monitoring and optimizing as your four kind of key pillars that you have to think about when you do a large project, such as bringing on a marketing automation platform. And rather than going through the long list of all the things that you need to consider, um, what we wanted to do today was kind of have a roundtable discussion between the three of us, uh, sharing our top number one tip that we can think of for each of these categories um so i am going to start with brian today Uh, as we think about testing what's the tip that you have uh for the audience around testing
1: yeah definitely so you know i think throughout the series i think i've mentioned a lot about that documentation and so you know the number one tip is making sure you're also documenting your testing Um, testing throughout all your programs or how leads are coming in your contacts all your different programs and so what i mean by documentation of all those is i literally mean everything i like to document everything from the smart list to the flow steps and then what happens once they go through the flow step and how long it took for them to sync over from that map to the uh, crm so overall like really documenting step by step that way you can go back and see how you originally set it up and then later on if you're optimizing and you want to make those changes, you can see how it was set up first, what you guys had to optimize and um, see if it improved. That's awesome.
0: So is that like every single step, if, if we have a person fills out a form, we're making sure that it goes through that and order of ops and it's going through all of the pieces.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, like even, yes, even every piece of the, I would say main processes, especially like, let's say GDPR, are they flowing through the GDPR program cl- correctly? Are they getting the right status? Um, are they getting the right, let's say, lead source stampings or lifecycle statuses, everything like that, especially those core processes and making sh- making sure it's documented. And um, that way, once we start getting into enablement, you kind of, you also know what's gonna happen before you go enablement and start training everyone on how these things are gonna happen you can share that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What a
0: good recommendation. Uh, Ghani, anything on top of that from a, from a documentation perspective?
2: Uh, I think for documentation, one of the things that at least you should already have, um, kind of already mapped out is just where like the lead sources and just using those cases as like your different scenarios for the testing purposes. Um, especially once you start thinking about just like paid ads, um, even just organic search, what content is there? Uh, The first thing anyone in the business is going to really care about is just, are things operating as they were before? Like, are people still coming in from XYZ channel? So at least just having all those different lead sources, essentially just mapped out um, and knowing that they have to be accounted for or else, you know, maybe you might've missed something, especially if there is something new that's getting added on just account for every scenario. Um, and I think lead source is just one of the best ways to at least make
0: sure you're, you're capturing a lot of that. That's awesome. Um, Ghani, what about you? What's your What's your top tip when it comes to testing?
2: Well, when it comes to testing, I think uh, the the main thing, again, and th- it, it kind of goes back to like my previous statement, but it's just um, making sure that when you are testing, it is hitting all the things that the business does care about. Um, again, making sure that, uh, your, your MQL, uh, people are MQLing, that they, they are going through lead score, um, that they're going through, uh, like Brian said, like GDPR, any of the preference, uh, center, um, configuration, just cause at least that way, you know, from an operational standpoint, that things are functioning as they should. Um, and that's really what you want to look out for is just. It, are things getting stamped as they should? Are they going through the system? If I were to turn this on tomorrow, will people notice that it's coming from a different system? Because um, yeah. especially just the first thing they're going to notice is, hey, I'm missing XYZ data that I used to get from our past, uh, our past map. Um, or if you didn't have that, or maybe it was just like a manual process, like, hey, I'm looking out for these fields. Why am I not getting these?
0: I feel like from my my point of view, a critical part of testing is bringing others into the process, right? So you have functional testing, which is kind of what you guys talk about, right? Going in, you're doing it, you built it, you're making sure that everything's functionally working. And then if you're doing something like in a new marketing automation tool where somebody's going to have to start setting up programs themselves, actually have them... Come into the testing process from a user acceptance perspective because they may see things that you weren't necessarily anticipating. Um, and it may work, but it may be confusing. It may not be the best experience. And you can address that before you go live and then get the added um, kind of stress of a live production environment.
1: Yeah, I think that's especially true. Yeah, the campaign ops side of stuff like Xander was mentioning, like, especially when it comes to like, let's say landing pages and emails, like say if you were using an agency to, you know, setting set all this up and they didn't know your branding or, um, you know, those little fine details like you would, because you're internal that, you know, that's, that's a really good point.
2: Yeah. And especially if, um, you know, in a lot of situations you are a marketing ops team of one. Uh, so the more people that at least know how things work in the back end. Uh, At least give some more insight into just why would something not work. Uh, So yeah, I agree that's bringing in more people is definitely uh, a good
0: route. Awesome. So top, top tips when it comes to testing a new environment, documenting every step of the way. Brian, I'm going to have to work on that. I don't know if I go nearly as detailed as you do, um, but I love it because you probably are able to find all the little edge cases, Um, Ghani, making sure that we are having it as thorough as possible. And then, and then from my perspective, bringing other people into the process. Is there anything else critical that we need to, that we need to call
1: out before we jump to the next pillar? I would just say, like, I I know I said, documenting every little thing and it sound it really does sound like a lot of stuff, but When you think of it like you're migrating, let's say, you know, a HubSpot to a Marketo or two HubSpots into one Marketo, and you want to know, like Donnie mentioned, all those different processes and data that's coming in, you know, how was it set up before? Like, what what were you stamping in that data before? So having all those screenshots and that data stuff, all that stuff documented, it's really going to be helpful, especially if you have to bring in, like Xander mentioned, someone um, to start looking over the new process, you can say, "Well, here's screenshots of the previous, um, you know, platform. This is what we stamped, everything like that." So it does sound like a lot, but um, can definitely be useful down the road. <laughs> For sure. Um, and, and as you were
0: talking about that, I don't know, I just I got visions of one of our team members uh, a couple of weeks ago telling us about he was implementing a new order of ops process, and it was working really great for all of the records that he was doing one at a time. And then he decided to stress test it with multiple records and so after doing a list import of like 300 people it didn't work the same way and so as a as maybe a a bonus tip just remembering that testing isn't just about doing one record at a time you really have to get in like bulk records to really make sure that it's something that's going to hold up awesome all right let's jump over into team enablement um we started with brian let's go with ghani Connie, what's your number one tip for team enablement? My number one tip is essentially just
2: uh, kind of understand who the audience is and just what their technical abilities are. Um, you know, the, maps in general are not the most uh, easy to use as software. You know, you can you can take a company from like zero to like a hundred super quick with the right configurations, um, and not a lot of people will understand. You know. How segmentations work. You know what are dynamic lists. Uh, you know why is it important to sync to a Salesforce campaign if you're using Salesforce, or at least like organizing uh, things a certain way and just where to go about it. So it is if you take the time to really understand who you're talking to, how tech how technically savvy they are. It really just makes the whole experience much easier, um, and at least that way you can kind of preemptively. Uh, get ahead of a lot of the questions. And again, the user experience, like Xander mentioned earlier, where you just want want this to be as seam- seamless as possible um, and make sure that everyone does understand what is actually going on.
1: Yeah, I think that's great. I think that's going to lead into mine perfectly perfectly well there. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think what Gandhi's, you know mentioning is like, especially after you got that level of comfortability from everyone, um, you know, from there, setting up your, your, your training sessions and your office hours and figure out what you need to do to actually train these people at their level. So especially if it's like, let's say campaign ops or, or if you're a team of one, how you're going to make sure that if you were to leave what resources and documentation are in place that way the next person of maybe a team of one behind you um, could take over and understand that platform as well so you know i would say my definitely my number one tip is training sessions and using the resources that um let's say like hubspot marketo like all these um, map provide really, really great training documentation and even like training modules as well. So using that and then setting up is like, let's say if you have a large marketing ops team is setting up training sessions. Um, if you're the one who set it up, you know it very well. So what you can do to set up training sessions when it comes to, let's say, just as simple as creating a program or just here's Marketo, welcome to Marketo, let's walk around and show you how it works. Um, and then kind of, you know, your other folks, if you have some analytics team, know, just doing a training with them about, you know, where things live, where your data lives, what type of data it is, um, you know, different settings like that. So really having those different training sessions for different types of team members and their level of comfortability, and then setting them up for success afterwards. So let's say, you know, you've you've got these campaign ops uh, team setting up emails and landing pages, but they want to learn more. It's, you know, maybe start thinking about that next step. Like what what can they do? Let's say a Marketo or HubSpot to set up the training modules to learn even more. But while you're doing all this record everything that way, like I mentioned, if you're a team of one or you're just a slim team at all, have that stuff recorded. So that way, when a new person comes in or say like a new campaign ops team member comes in, it's already recorded. You kind of already have that enablement training session set up. Um, you're ready to go and just deploy it out for all new people or if you were to leave you you have that 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 yeah that's you walking through that platform yourself and talking through it um, so that would really help that next person as well
0: where I'm gonna take this is uh, around some documentation so something that I always try to try to make sure that I include is uh like QRGs, quick reference guides. So they're not, they're not like the long project plan of here's everything that we built in a marketing automation tool. It's 75 pages long, right? Nobody's going to actually read that, but they are going to read how to create an email, how to create a webinar program, how to sync to Salesforce, how to troubleshoot an issue, whatever it might be, right? And, and the, those are the things that you can do one to three pages. Include pictures, include animated GIFs, uh, <laughs> do number bulleted lists, and, and really be able to step somebody through. Um, there are plenty of times that I am working with clients where I will give them a, a reference guide that they can use. And I know that they're using it because they're like, on step five, I'm stuck here. And it's like, okay, this is awesome. I can actually troubleshoot and help you on that. As opposed to what most likely happens is you get dumped a lot of information before the launch three days, five days goes by, we launch, and now I'm in the system, I'm on, I'm on my own, and I have all of these questions and I don't know who to go to. Um, so you can combat that with good, good documentation. And then like you said, Brian, having like those office hours, I think is really key. Okay, so we've done some enablement before the launch. Now we're actually at launch day. What, are, what, what should we consider um, when it comes to the launch itself? Brian, do you want to kick us off?
1: You know, I think I'm not sure what episode it was, but I think Ghani said it best before where, you know, that launch day should be very, very seamless. It almost should be like they didn't even know you actually launched. So, you know, that's that's our goal here. So um, essentially after launch, the first thing I always like to do is really start going to test out the forms. And making sure the data that, let's say your demo request form or the contact us form, that that data is passing through and all those hidden fields or that website activity, the, your UTMs, all that data is passing through to your map.
0: Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's like the most visible, right? Like if your demo request breaks, everybody's going to know. Mm-hmm. So make sure that that is like key, right? Um, and then And then walk it through your documentation and make sure that it actually matches now that you're live.
2: As much as I want this to be a perfect launch, uh, you know sometimes things happen, uh, and you you know you might need to roll something back. You might need to uh, at least like figure you know fix the the issue um, as you you know as it's getting launched. Um, so at least having some backup plans is always like a good idea. Whether it it, it is just hey like we just for example uh, changed all the forms, uh, but now we're seeing that they're not rendering correctly. Um, or uh, xander like you mentioned the demo uh, request form isn't working how do we make sure that we have a backup plan in that situation do we revert back to the old map as this gets figured out um, are we just going to see if it's coming into the in the map itself but it's not sticking over you know just making sure you you have one of those um, kind of just like in your back pocket just because again like that it's Best case scenario, nothing, you know, nothing uh, wrong happens and you're just like living pretty, uh, but the real world sometimes isn't like that. Uh, so it's always best to just prepare as much as you can.
1: Yeah. I think it's, it's that's a good point. Especially if you're like, let's say you're, you know, you have two or three websites, you have different one profile, phone, you're migrating to one, one website and one Marketo or one HubSpot or something, and you're you know, you had all those different form fills and different places things were coming from. So making sure that's all working properly. And um, that if now the forms have been updated, you know, is it still work for that website and that script and stuff like that? So that's a good point, guy.
0: My tip is going to be a very simple one, but one that is really important. That is communicate efficiently. Mm-hmm. So that way everybody in the organization knows what what big thing is happening today. Um, you know, some organizations have change management processes where they get everybody across the organization with 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 representation to know that this is happening. At the very least, make sure that your teams know um, and plan around it, right? Um, I know I've had experiences where we do a really big launch, but we were also like having to do a really big list upload that day. That's not a good combination, right? You want to be able to make sure that your Mops team is focused on getting the new tools out and running. So if you have something like that, like book it out for the next day or take care of it the day before, really lock that day in for launch because something's going to go wrong we just have to assume that it is and if it doesn't huzzah let's go have some ice cream but like at least you're preparing for the worst and hoping for the best um but the more that you can kind of like clear out that schedule no meetings you are in for a deployment and everybody should should actually know that
2: Yeah. And again, it's just I I do want to reiterate where this is like a huge business decision. This isn't just a marketing tool. Um, Mm -hmm. This is, uh, it affects sales, it affects uh, customer marketing, well, you know, product marketing, um, the the analyst team, you know, BI support. There's just, there's so many different levels that your map does affect. Um, So switching it isn't just like the, the flip of the switch. Like yeah. it is such a giant project that, yeah, I do, you do need that like change set mentality and just, Hey, like for the next like 24 to 48 hours, I'm just going to be focusing on this. Let's just get this done. Make sure that it's working. And then, you know, you can do that with load.
0: All right. So we are going to move into the final pillar and that is monitoring and optimizing further. Um, Brian, can you get us kicked off here? What's a tip around optimizing and monitoring?
1: Yeah, so my number one tip is actually called a monitoring log or a monitoring dashboard, but I mean, however you wanna go about it. Um, the monitoring log that I originally started with is actually just an Excel, is Google Sheets or Excel, uh, Excel sheet. And what I would honestly recommend doing is creating different smart lists in your map or, um, or in Salesforce, however you wanna view it and either put them into a log or a dashboard and monitor these things in, and then I like to organize it by like weekly monitoring, monthly monitoring, bi-monthly monitoring, um, quarterly, and, you know, really go into those core processes that we just talked about, especially in that testing phase and making sure that everything's still working as it should. Is that data being processed? Is it correct? Especially like, especially when it comes to lead source, you know, when once you're alive and it's launched and people are coming in, there's probably so much data coming in so quickly that you, know, you wanna make sure right away that it's it's correct, um, especially if it's going out to the sales teams as well. Um, so I like to create a monitoring log. And like I said, put it put it like more a date range around when you're gonna monitor it. Um, if you're more very, let's like say very techie and you can do Salesforce dashboards, um, a lot of times you can kind of get that same data just in a Salesforce dashboard and you can just simply refresh it every time and that data shows for you. Um, I just built one myself and it's amazing. Super, super helpful. makes monitoring go a lot faster. Um, We're able to see, you know, incorrect data really quickly and then work on those, you know, really, really fast. So if you have that um, ability to do that, it can be super helpful. If not, Excel sheet, Google sheet works just fine. Link out to your different smart list or reports and um, it can make a world of difference.
0: Great tip right there. And I will say I like your monitoring dashboards that you've shared with the teams. Um, they are definitely <laughs> clear. And like, it just becomes like your, I mean, it's a, it's a dashboard, but it's like your central place that you can just go every Monday morning, every Friday afternoon and just clean it up, right? Ghani, what about you? What's the, what's the, what's a parting tip? Uh, for me, it's actually, and I know a lot of people don't
2: really like this. It's just email alerts. Um, so I, I think it's just setting those up with like the link straight to the record, makes it so much easier to at least like jump in, diagnose the problem. Um, and especially considering uh, what you're actually setting it up for. So let's say it, it's a uh, routing, uh, let, let's say you built out like a, write, a routing process um, and things aren't getting routed correctly. So you have like an alert that tells you like, hey, XYZ lead wasn't routed correctly. Um, if you start getting a lot of those, you know for sure something's broken. Seeing like maybe like one once, like a week or like a month, nothing crazy. Those are probably like super edge cases that you never really considered. But if you start to see that frequency uh, go up, then at least, you know, it's like, okay, something is definitely not firing right. Um, So at least that's just an easy way of just like identifying it. Um, And again, you have the links to the records right, right away. So you can at least go in, audit those, and then at least check to see where was it that the process broke down.
0: You know, getting the information fed to you is really helpful. Um, especially because we get busy, right? Like I just mentioned the that list upload, it may not have happened the day of the launch, but it's probably gonna happen the next day. So really making sure that you have that have that in place is key. Um the thing that I'm going to leave us with is actually something that probably came up in all of our previous conversations, um, when you're preparing for a a new automation tool, when you're building a new tool, there are things that fall out of scope. And I always laugh because I always go, I I'm in these big projects and somebody goes, ah, let's just make that a phase two project. And I'm like, that's a project that will never happen. Um, because oftentimes you throw the phase two projects on a parking lot and it doesn't get revisited. So this is optimization. It's not just about finding new optimizations, but take the time, go back with the original team and say, okay, these were the things that fell out. Are these a priority? Do we need to get them onto a roadmap and start building out your roadmap within the new marketing automation tool? Um, It's really, really key that you don't lose sight of it. And yeah, maybe some of the stuff that you had originally put onto a parking lot uh, item is no longer relevant, but if it is, make sure that you give yourself the time to get it onto the roadmap and start to prioritize accordingly. Um, Otherwise it just, you know, you're going to go six months in and realize that, oh, the scoring model didn't get updated the way that we actually anticipated that it would or what have you. Um, so definitely key there. Uh, do you guys have any funny experiences or fun experiences with that phase two project that just really never happened?
1: For me, like I, I've always left an implementation or a migration with a roadmap of like to do's or like, oh, we didn't get around for this. Let's, you know, let's think about how we're going to do this later on, especially when I was like a, like I, I, it was really, really heavy when I was just a single MOPS person. It was like, hey, we got to get this live by a certain date. And um, so I always had that roadmap. I was like, well, here's here's the roadmap for the rest of the year. You know, I was, I was giggled about that. But in my head, it's like, wow, there's a lot I actually didn't get around to that just didn't have importance at the time. And uh, it definitely creeps up on you. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, I've been to businesses uh, where Essentially, they just finished doing a migration, but they just copied the exact same process that they already had at the old one into the new one without any roadmap of actually like optimizing. They just think of like, hey, maybe if we just move to a new tool, we're going to get XYZ like business increase. And it's just like, it doesn't really work like that. You know, it's not at
0: some point, it's not the tool, it's a strategy. And like, you really do have to work on that strategy. Man. 100%. 100%. It's funny, we bring up phase two, and I feel like we're already going back to the first episode that we had where we were talking about preparing for the new instance. So hopefully we've made some good decisions on the on the way and given ourselves enough time to make some considerable improvements, um, but very, very funny. Alright, guys, any closing thoughts? Anything that you really want our audience to uh, to take away with them? Uh, I will start with Ghani this time. Uh, honestly, my
2: takeaway is just uh it congrats on the new implementation it's awesome it looks great uh don't get married to the processes you built because the business does change uh so always keep that in mind build to scale um and you should be pretty much uh better off if you just start with that mentality yeah
1: yeah i mean what about you yeah i mean i agree with connie like it that's a it's a huge project it's sometimes projects like this not every marketing ops person will even get to work on until maybe they're later in their career or um you know later on so i mean it's a, it's a big project to take on so you should be you should be happy that you've made it so far that you have and i think the biggest thing for me and i kind of wish i did this when i was in a couple roles ago is ask ask for help if you're a single marketing ops person and You didn't have the resources to let's say get an agency for support and you want to do that all that optimization and you want to be like best in class processes and everything like that but you're just not sure where to go from here like there's linkedin there's uh resources like podcasts and everything like this to really dive in and you know use those because i i kind of wish in the past i would have done better about that but you know look on linkedin look for those Um, really awesome marketing ops people and reach out to them. And, you know, they, they've been there probably, so they understand what you're going through and will probably help you.
0: Yeah. Great call. Definitely open up the, open up your, your network to make sure that you're not going at this alone. Um, And where I'm going to leave you is make sure that you celebrate this win. Um, make sure that you're communicating that you have this new tool. Here's the new capabilities, um, offer thank yous to all of the people that helped make you, uh, help make it a reality, right? We talked about it at the beginning. It's a lot of people involved to make this stuff happen. And you want to make sure that you share that success oftentimes in mops and and even in marketing, we just don't celebrate enough of our own wins and we don't market our, our own successes. And that's really key. Um, You did something that was really big. You want to make sure that the entire organization knows about it. Um, So make sure that there is visibility going across the board and you will be seen as, you know, a strategic partner within the organization. You just did something that was, that was really important uh, for the success of your teams. Whew, y'all, we got through it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Mini-series around the new marketing automation platform, how to prep for it, how to build it, how to go into some of the details that we just don't normally get to talk about on a podcast. And then finally today, how to really wrap that up. So Brian, Ghani, I just, I want to thank you for your time that you've given to the podcast to share your experiences. I really think that it's a very valuable asset, um, for the entire community to be able to have. I know I wish that I had a four part podcast series on how to do this. If if I did the very first time I did it, I would have been much more successful. So I think that you're, that you're going to be helping out a lot of folks here in the future. No, thanks for bringing us on. No, thank you. Absolutely. And thank you for listening to today's podcast If you found today's episode useful, please give us a review or share it with a colleague. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you and have a great day.